more excited about that. Okay, so uh, this morning we are going to kick off this series with a kind of a fitting woman, I guess, as the woman who carried Christ in her womb. We're going to be looking at Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, but before um, I impart the wisdom that I've collected and uh, share with you the message I believe God has uh, for us today, um, I w- I'm going to hand it over to you. So for the next two minutes, I would like you just to turn with the people next to you, without your Bibles, without tablets, without any other source of information, I would like you just to collect the information from your heads of how much you know about Mary, the mother of Jesus. So just kind of list form, if you've got a phone, jot it down or whatever, um, but come up with as many facts you know about Mary, the mother of Jesus. You've got two minutes, there's a prize for uh, the one who gets the longest list, okay? Uh, they've all got to be legit. Okay, but you've got two minutes, go. So we, we, most of us know quite a lot about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And of course, we speak about her at Christmas time uh, with the Christmas story. And that is the account we're going to look at today. So if you've got your Bibles, tablets or whatever, um, then go to Luke 1. We'll be going there very shortly. So we meet her when she's about 13, 14. Um, we know that just because of the age they normally got married in those, uh, in those days. Uh, and she lived in a town called Nazareth, which was in Galilee. Uh, which was in uh, Israel. And uh, we meet her when her relationship status is set to engaged. So she's, uh, met, uh, Joseph is set to take her as his wife. And uh, we meet her when um, there was a time where the angel of the Most High, Angel Gabriel, comes to meet her. He comes uh, with a message, a unique message for Mary, and that's what we're going to read today. So Luke 1, uh, verse 26 to 38. It's on the screen if you do not have it in front of you. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, which was her cousin, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at, this, at, this, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word, Mary, from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. So through the Holy Spirit, 
Mary became pregnant. Now, I don't know if it's um, just point the obvious, shall we, this morning? Mary was a virgin. Now, if you don't know what that means, ask your neighbor, don't ask me. Bluntly, Mary didn't have sex. Now, we all know that to have a baby, there are certain ingredients that are needed to do the cooking. And they weren't involved. Mary was a virgin. And so she, you know, of course she's going to say, well, how, how can this be? How can this be? Because I'm, I'm, I'm actually a virgin. I haven't actually had sex, Gabriel. I don't know if you know, but, you know, I'm still in the virgin club. Woo! You know, how is this possible? I just wonder if you could um, imagine for a moment that you're young and you're in love and, uh, and you've kind of made the decision together to abstain from sexual activity and you've said, you know what, I'm, I want to honour God, I want to honour the person I'm in love with and I want to honour myself. And so uh, until we tie the knot on our grand and expensive wedding day, uh, we, will, um, we will abstain from sexual activity. And so you decide this and everything within you, every strength, every energy that you have does that. And you succeed and you're doing great and you're doing so, so well. And then one day, an angel claiming to be an angel of the Most High comes to you uh, as a couple and says, actually, you're expecting. And you're like, what? That's bonkers. That's a joke. That can't be possible. That can't be possible. It's just, it's just, I mean, we read this story, don't we? And we're like, oh yeah, Mary was a virgin and, you know, she got pregnant. But actually, when you think about it, it's very obvious, but it's crazy at the same time. Crazy, absolutely nuts. Now, this um, message that Mary has given is uh, just seems impossible to be able to come true. Now, it just made me think of other things that seem impossible. And um, in the tower where we meet on Thursday nights uh, with our young people at Focus, uh, we have a Rubik's Cube, don't we? And sometimes we have a go at it and we don't succeed. It still sits there uh, uncompleted. And uh, I wondered if anyone uh, is any good at Rubik's Cubes? Anyone any good? No one. You're good. How long can you do it in? Now, ten, minutes. ten minutes. In a minute. You've done it in a minute. That's amazing. Do you know what the record is? 5.25 seconds. What a joke. Isn't that crazy? So crazy. I mean, I try and do one side and it's just, it's just a mess. But, you know, this seems, I don't know, it seems impossible to me. Absolutely impossible. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just colourful. I just put it on my desk and it just makes it look pretty. It's nice. Um, but it just seems impossible. I mean, it's not. Of course it's not. But it seems it. Seems impossible. Just like the message that Mary got given. Now, I wonder how you respond to things that seem impossible. Just have a moment where you think back maybe to a situation where something just seemed impossible. I mean, it might be exams. You know, we've been praying about it this morning. It seems impossible that actually there will be a time after this 
or there's a situation at work and it just seems impossible, or someone you work with or someone who's in your family and you just find them impossible. I wonder how you respond to things like that. Do you run uh, headfirst straight into the impossible thinking it's a challenge? Or do you run in the opposite direction? In the passage we are focusing on today, Mary is told something that seems impossible. And Mary says, how can this be? For I'm still a virgin. And Gabriel replies, actually Mary, you're right. You're right. It's it's not going to happen the way that you think. I mean, Mary was a smart girl. She knew what had to be done to get pregnant. And she said, I haven't done it. And Holy Spirit, um, Angel Gabriel said, yeah, I know. It's not going to happen like you think, because actually the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And he continues, so the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. And your relative, Elizabeth, actually the impossible has happened for her as well, because she was classed as someone who couldn't conceive, and actually she's in her sixth month. Gabriel says, Mary... No word from God will ever fail. Mary, no word from God will ever fail. I wonder if you have um, the same pet hate as me. Um, I've had it from a young age, and I know I'm not perfect at it either, but um, I have a bit of a pet hate when someone says they're going to do something and they don't do it does my nutting. And I know I fail it as well, but you know when you're in that moment where you've, you've kind of realized that the promise that someone has promised you is not fulfilled? Like when you know that someone has let you down and then that, there's that disappointment that you've got to deal with. And I wonder, you know, how, how much pain you realize that comes with disappointment. And I'm sure that uh, many of you would agree that it is difficult to deal with that disappointment because when someone says they're going to do something and, and then doesn't do it, it makes you think, actually, do they love me? Do they care about me? It makes you feel like, actually, um, do they think I'm significant, that I'm important? If they've promised to do something and they haven't done it, what does that say? you know, of what they think about me. Promises are really important. I think it's, they're more important than, than we think. And in the festive film, uh, you might know it called Jingle All The Way. Uh, it's a Christmas film. And, um, and in there, there's an action man called Turbo Man. And, uh, and one of his sayings is this. Always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. Always keep your promises if you want to keep your friends. And it's true because I think loyalty and faithfulness is so much higher in the ranking of character traits that we like in people than we think. Because when someone is faithful and when someone is loyal and they do what they say they're going to do, it makes you feel secure. It makes you feel loved. It makes you feel, actually, yeah, this, this person is someone who I can count on. This person is someone who, uh, who, who I can rely on. And I just want to say this morning, if, if there are, are times when you've, you're kind of bitter and you kind of haven't let things go of when people have done that, 
I would really encourage you to, to do that. To, to go to God and go, do you know what, God? I still haven't dealt with this disappointment. Because it holds you back. Because what it does is, it makes you uh, think differently with, uh, with others uh, and with God. That actually, the, the trust that you had in them, it, it fails. And it gets weaker and weaker. And the faith that you have in their faithfulness grows weaker and weaker. And then, obviously, that has many implications. Faithfulness is a fruit of the Spirit that uh, I think we love more than we know. And here in this account, Gabriel tells Mary, Mary, God's word will never fail. God's word will never fail. And I wonder if some of you here uh, today actually feels uncomfortable with that. Maybe you feel like, actually, I don't, I don't believe that because God's let me down. You may think of a situation where, uh, where you think, actually, God, you didn't, you didn't come through on that. Or an unanswered prayer. You said, God, I prayed for healing for that person. Why didn't you come through? God, why, why did this happen? I feel let down by you. I feel like, I feel disappointment in in that. And I'm sure all of us have something that resonates with that. And I just want to say, you know, there is so much pain and hurt that comes with that. But I want to declare this morning that God is faithful. God is faithful. What he says he will do, he will do. What he promises us, he will keep. And it may not always look the way that we might think it might look. But what is in my Bible, I believe, and it says that God is faithful. He will always, always come through. And here, Mary is assured by Gabriel that God's word will never fail. Because Mary would have heard the stories of Israel. They would have had the Old Testament and uh, Mary would be familiar with, with the, the uh, stories of, of Israel and what they went through. Uh, and you know, the Joshua where uh, it says, you know, God is always with you. Do not be discouraged or afraid because God is with you. And in other places in the Psalms, there's so many accounts where David says, God, you, you are always there. Thank you. Thank you for coming through with me. But don't forget there are other psalms where David is crying out and saying, God, where are you? What on earth is going on? Where are you? But God is faithful and he will always do. And so Mary would have known these stories. And as Gabriel would have said, actually, Mary, God's word would never fail. Mary would have said, do you know what? Actually, yeah, I remember. I remember God's love never fails. I remember God is always with me. So because of this massive uh, message that was given to her that had massive implications, huge implications, because to be pregnant and unmarried in those times was seen as utter disgrace. That would, it would just be awful. You know, even in Scripture we read that Joseph loved her so much but loved the law as well. And the law said... To, to divorce. 
So it's just huge implications that she was pregnant and so many other things were going to come. Her life was going to be rough. Her life was, it was going to be tough. Really, really tough. I mean, I have no idea what it would have been like. But Gabriel said, God's words will never fail. Mary would have gone, do you know what? My God never fails. He will always be with me. His love never fails. He will always be with me in whatever is to come. Whatever there is to come. I think for some of us, um, it's crazy to think about how Mary uh, responded in that way. Because it's like, there's so much wrong and some, loads of things that just doesn't make sense in this world. And for Mary to go, uh, you know what? Um, yeah, God, God's word never, never fails. And she was pregnant. The Holy, the Holy Spirit made her pregnant in a world that, that just would not have worked. That would not have worked. And I wonder if some of us will think, do you know what? Actually, yeah, that is, that is crazy, and I can, I can relate to that. That is nuts. <laughs> that is crazy. Mary responds to the staggering message of uh, Gabriel that he brought, um, the pregnancy through the Holy Spirit in the most profound way. Because after being told something that seems completely ridiculous, completely impossible, literally illogical, because in the laws of physics, chemistry, the other one, there we go, you know, in the laws of science, it's impossible. It's literally impossible. And in knowing that, her response is profound. There is so much humility in her attitude before this calling because her words say this, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She humbles herself to the God who she believes in, who the God, the faithful God that she believes in. She was devoted. She was a favored woman. God saw the beauty in her attitude. He saw the beauty of her humility and maturity. And so despite the craziness of this message, she responds with this incredible maturity and says, do you know what? This is nuts. This is crazy. How on earth can I be pregnant without having sex? That doesn't make any sense. This is literally impossible. But she says, I am the Lord's servant. May his word be fulfilled in me. Mary was a beautiful woman who had a crazy life, and I'm sure the life that she had was a bit nuts. But at the beginning, when impossible was was all over it. She bowed the knee to the Most High. There's many things, as I said earlier, that just doesn't make sense in this world. It just seems impossible. And I wonder what your response to that is. 
Mary's response was, I'm the Lord's servant, so let it be. I'm the Lord's servant, let it be. I'm the Lord's servant, so Lord, may your words be fulfilled. As I've been uh, looking at Mary and kind of her response to this crazy message from Gabriel, I just, I've been so challenged and say, actually, how do we respond to the impossible? How do we respond to actually things that make sense? Why is ISIS running this world? Why is there so much fear when terrorists are mentioned? Why is there so much sickness in this world? Why is there millions and billions of kids going hungry every day? To make sense. We're in the 21st century. Even in the UK. Does it make sense? And the tasks seem impossible. Absolutely impossible. There are so many people in this world that need Jesus. They're literally dying. It seems impossible. And there's so much hurt and pain in this world. And every, anything we do, how we respond, it just seems impossible. And actually, something we can learn from Mary is to go, do you know what? There is a lot that doesn't make sense. There is a lot that just seems impossible. But I'm going to bow the knee. And I'm going to say, God, I'm your servant. We are your children. We are your church. We are Freedom Church in Romsey. Lord, may your words be fulfilled. You are a faithful God. And we believe and trust in your faithfulness and your goodness. I wonder if the band could come up as we close. Actually, um, sometimes when I preach, uh, um, sometimes when I prepare a sermon, um, I'm a worship, heart, uh, worship leader at heart, and so uh, songs uh, do arise in, in my heart. And so um, I did write one, but I'm not going to sing it for you. Um, but I just wanted to um, just repeat the words that, uh, uh, of the lyrics of that song. And it says, Mary, the word of the Lord will never fail. Mary, the word of the Lord will never fail. Mary, the word of the Lord will never fail. Our God is faithful. Our God is true. And whatever he says he'll do, he shall do. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be. Will you bow the knee? Will you bow the knee? Will you bow the knee and say, God, let it be? Will you bow the knee? Will you bow the knee? Will you bow the knee and say, God, let it be? Mary, the word of the Lord will never fail. Father, we thank you for those 
for the beautiful response of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Thank you, God, that even though things seem completely impossible, when things don't make sense, God, we declare, we choose today to bow the knee and say, God, we trust in you. We have faith in your faithfulness. We trust in your goodness. We trust in your grace and your mercy and say, God, may your word be fulfilled in us. Father, we thank you for the life of Mary and we pray, God, that, Lord, we will continue to learn from her response to you. Father, may we respond in worship, in adoration, that we just fall flat down on our faces and go, God, you are the God of all. You're the God who created all. And you are a good God. And in the hurt and in the pain and the distress and everything that doesn't make sense, God, may you give us the strength and energy and the encouragement of all the believers as a body, as a church, as a family. May we continually get on our knees. We bow the knee to you and say, God, you are a faithful God and we trust in your word. We declare that today. You are God and we declare that you reign. Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. And Father, may you always remind us to respond in faith, in trust, and in worship to our great big God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.